Welcome to another episode of Peg C Chat with Nat. So wonderful to have you all listening to us today. Today is a chat about women and our health and how important our health is. And the person that we're going to be chatting with today is a clinical a professor of obstetrics and gynecology at Northwestern University's Medical School. And what we're talking about today is a very important topic that I know I need to know more about as I get older. And it's about estrogen and hormone, hormone therapy. So I would love for you all to welcome and say hello to Dr. Lauren Stryker. Hi, Dr. Lauren. Hi, Natalie. Good to be here. Good to have you. So, okay, before we even get started, can you kind of give me a proper breakdown of what menopause is and what perimenopause is? Well, menopause is basically when your estrogen tank is on empty. And sometimes this happens because your ovaries wind down and are no longer producing estrogen. And for some women, it can be because of a surgical removal of the ovaries. But the bottom line is, once you are in menopause, you are no longer producing estrogen. Perimenopause, on the other hand, is a very sometimes challenging time of life in which there's a fluctuation of those estrogen levels, that you might one day have high levels and the next day have low levels, and the only thing that's predictable about perimenopause is that it is unpredictable. <laughs> and this can hit a lot earlier than people think. You know, everyone thinks, oh, you know, grandma. And the truth is, is that while 51 is the average age to go through menopause in the United States, anytime after 40 is considered to be normal. And in fact, many women are in their earlier mid-40s. Huh, which is where I am right now. <laughs> Lucky you. Yeah. yeah. So this is why this, this conversation is extremely important to me. And ever since that 2002 Women's Health Initiative report, People like myself have been a lot more cautious about things like estrogen therapy. So I'm really glad that you're here to shed some light on that today. So before we get to to that, let's talk about, you know, hot flashes. I hear about people all the time are talking about it, women at work, women at home, you know, people sitting in a restaurant, all of a sudden they're fanning themselves. You don't know why. (laughs) So you know why. (laughs) Now I know why. your thermostat is broken. That's what's going on when you have hot flashes. And it's experienced by 80% of women, much higher than most people realize, 80% of women when they go through menopause experience hot flashes. But here's the big surprise, is that on average, hot flashes last between 7 and 12 years. And so many of my patients think, well, I can tough this out. This isn't going to last very long. You know, I have a healthy lifestyle. I'm going to do yoga. I'm going to eat healthy. It's going to be fine. It's going to make those hot flashes go away. And what we now appreciate is it doesn't work. The only thing that really is going to work to eliminate or significantly reduce hot flashes is hormone therapy. Holy smoke. Seven to 12 years. That's the only thing I heard. Seven to 12 (laughs) years on average, right? Which means there's some people it's longer. Some people are lucky. I mean, there's that lucky 20% that they don't get hot flashes at all. And you just have to wait and see what happens to know which group you're in. And so does hormone therapy help control it or eliminate it? It actually does, and it's really pretty much the gold standard. While there are a number of other options to eliminate hot flashes, in every single scientific study, in every clinical trial, hormone therapy is going to be the best bet to either completely eliminate them or significantly reduce the severity of the hot flash or how often they occur. Okay, so if I'm, you know, a woman that's having hot flesh, how do you decide when to start hormone therapy? What is the trigger? 
Well, this is obviously a conversation that you're going to have with your physician or health care provider. And basically what I tell women is when it's getting in the way of your ability to function, mm. to sleep, to think, to be sexual, you know, when, when your life is impacted is when it's time to have the conversation to say, is this the appropriate time to start hormone therapy? What kind of dosage? How should I do it? It's very individualized, and it's not as if there's a test that we do that's going to tell us that. This is a conversation, and your own situation is going to be different than someone else's. Every woman is different. So when you think of the differences between a birth control pill versus estrogen therapy, what are really the differences? Are they higher dose? What What is yeah. the... You know, I'm really glad you brought that up because it is somewhat confusing because people are very comfortable. Most women are very comfortable taking birth control pills, which actually has relatively high dosages of hormone therapy, of estrogen and progestin, because the purpose of a birth control pill is to stop ovulation and prevent pregnancy. The opposite is going on with hormone therapy. You're not taking high doses of estrogen. You're taking relatively low doses of estrogen for the purpose of alleviating symptoms. So if you were to do a blood test, in a postmenopause woman who's taking hormone therapy, her estrogen level is actually going to be not only lower than a woman who's taking birth control pills, but lower than a woman who hasn't gone through menopause yet. So that's why we call it hormone therapy as opposed to hormone replacement, is Ooh. that we're really giving much lower levels. That that's is really reassuring to women. Yeah. Yes, that is a key factor, what you just said there. Because I was just going to say, well, are we replacing hormones? No, we're just reducing the levels. Exactly. Ah, okay. Exactly. And especially if someone goes right from birth control pills to hormone therapy, which is very often the case, um, they're going down, down in the potency and amount of hormones that they're taking. Right. So when I think of, you know, I've had 20-odd years or more of taking birth control pills and yeah. there were certain times where I gained a lot of weight there were some times where I just I never had a period at all um, so when you when you talk about uh, estrogen therapy what what are some of those potential side effects does it cause weight gain will you increase your cholesterol yeah. Well, first of all, let's talk about weight gain because that's usually the number one thing that people want to know. And we all know that maintaining a normal weight during midlife, it's challenging. It just is. We know that women as they age tend to gain weight, and there's a lot of reasons for that, but hormone therapy is not one of them. And we know from many scientific studies, clinical trials, that hormone therapy is not associated with weight gain. Um, the other thing is cholesterol. You, you mentioned that a lot of women are concerned about cholesterol because midlife is very often the first time that someone is told, your cholesterol's up, your triglycerides are up, you've got to do something about this. And women are thinking, well, I don't want to take some kind of hormone therapy that's going to make it even a bigger problem. And in fact, just the opposite is true. We know that if you take hormone therapy, that there's a good chance that it's going to decrease your cholesterol. Now, there is a difference if you take oral estrogen, which is a pill by mouth, it can decrease your cholesterol, but it can increase your triglycerides, which mm -hmm. you don't want. Right. If you use transdermal estrogen therapy, which is a 
applied to the skin and absorbed by the skin, that will not only decrease your cholesterol, but it will also decrease your triglycerides. Mm-hmm. Exactly okay. the opposite of what people think. Okay, well, I'm, this is why we're talking today, so you can shed that light, because that's insight that I never right. had. It's just all these things you hear, and you hear you know, different kind of stories from different people. And of course, that's everyone right. is different. They have different human makeup, right? Um, exactly. What about some of the potential risks? I think it's important to share what those potential risks are with uh, folks listening. Yeah. You know, any time I'm going to recommend a medication, there's always going to be risks and benefits. And after the Women's Health Initiative that was released in 2002, as you mentioned, there was a lot of concern about health risks such as um, dementia, heart disease, cancer. And what we now appreciate is the Women's Health Initiative had a lot of information, but we can also really kind of hone in and look at the specifics. For example, some of those women were just taking estrogen alone. Some women were taking estrogen with progestin. Some women were on the younger side, that 50 to 60-year-old range. 70% of the women were over 60. And what happened to all of those groups is very different. And mm-hmm. that's why it's so important to talk to your healthcare practitioner, find out for you as an individual what the risks might be, what the benefits might be. I also think it's so important for women before they go to see their doctor to arm themselves with really good information so that you know what questions to ask. You can actually look at that study yourself. The Women's Health Initiative study can be found on whi.org to look and see which group are you going to fall into. And in addition, uh, menopause.org, which is a website for the North American Menopause Society, is another terrific place to get good, accurate information. I appreciate that. And just really quickly, because um, we have to wrap up, I'm sure, what is, is it covered by insurance? Um, generally speaking, if you have an FDA-approved hormone therapy that is a prescription written by your doctor, it will generally be covered by your insurance. If you have a non-regulated, non-FDA approved compounded hormone therapy, which has not been tested for safety, chances are that won't be covered by your insurance. Okay. Well, I just want to thank you for all of your insights today. Thank you so much for your time. For those of you listening, you can find out a lot more information about Dr. Lauren Stryker on drstryker.com. Of course, all of that information will be on the website. You want to check out that Women's uh, Health Initiative report, go to whi.org. And again, Dr. Stryker, thank you so much for your time today. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.